Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast, a podcast where we rewind back in time to watch the early seasons of the Amazing Race for the first time. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jill. And we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 8. Now, we were really thrown for a loop because when I clicked on this episode, it stated that it was an hour and a half long, and I was throttled by that. Andrew was so throttled that before he even started the episode, he texted me, and it was it was revolutionary for us. Yeah, it was. So this episode is it's a two-parter for some reason. There, it's two legs and one, so we are going to treat it as such, and we're going to do part one this week, and then part two will be next week, because it is two legs in one, season two, episode eight. And there's a lot happening. Originally, we thought about, oh, could we, could we bang this off in one episode? But uh-uh, we need... We need space and we need time for each episode to really breathe. Yeah, especially after this first episode, I said, this is, this is phenomenal. <laughs> I need room to unpack this. I don't need a rush. We don't need to do an extra long episode. This episode was the one. Phenomenal. Yes. Okay. F-E-E. <laughs> okay. So yes, this episode, it was, well, this part of the episode, I suppose, or this leg, we'll just refer to it as the leg. This leg it had a, gr- a great Why don't we just call block. it this episode? Well, no, because I just want to talk about the, the the leg, leg eight, not leg nine. But it, never mind, go on. What were you going to say? So this leg, leg eight, excellent Roblox. I thought it was a good detour, evenly balanced, great editing with the whole shopping sequence <laughs> um, and everything else. Very competitive, super strong. I would say best episode, or sorry, best leg of the season so far. Dare I say best of the series? 10 out of 10? Yeah, it it was, it kept me entertained the whole time, which is, I'm going to be honest, something that some of these past episodes have really struggled to do. Not saying they aren't entertaining, but there's been moments where they really drop off. This one kept kept us on our toes, I think. And I, I just have to add, I can't believe we're down to five teams. It feels like last week that we wrapped up season one, and a part of my brain is still kind of holding on to those season one teams. And I don't uh, remember who was a season one and who was a season. Last week, I forget what we were talking about. But I swore Lenny and Karen were a season two team in my head. And I, I realized, <laughs> I realized, no, that was, so, it just feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it really was. So I, I just can't That's believe so we're down to five that, like, teams. Lenny and Karen is the team too. That was like, really <laughs> sticking out to you. <laughs> Not in that sense. They just give team, like they give season two energy. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. You're just so appalled by my Lenny and Karen <laughs> Yeah, that really threw me off. I wasn't expecting So, starting... Oh, this is what I wanted to add. And even though, spoiler alert, it was a non-elimination leg, the teams didn't know that, which made for a great reaction at the end when the team who thought they were eliminated found out the sigh of relief. It was great. That, that, was, that was a great end to the episode as well. We're finally getting some upbeat reactions, I should say. Well, reactions, period. <laughs> Like we just give us something. All we we just want to nibble on something. I know, and and the winning. T- Sorry again to jump ahead, but there's they've kind of started giving out prizes again for winning these legs. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Like okay. what a random leg to all start. All of a sudden, on. leg eight. Here we go. Anyway, okay. So let's start off this episode. So Phil, he he gives us a fun fact, which I appreciated right off the beginning. Um, that Hong Kong is three times the geographical size of New York. Now, to everybody, that might not be very interesting, but I've, I found that interesting. So, fun fact of the day from Phil. Um, <laughs> really got off to a good start for this episode. And 
Gary and Dave are the first to depart at 4.11 a.m. And they're instructed to go to the small town of Repulse Bay and find the statue of Tian Hao. Um, however, the hours of operation for this are 8 a.m., so it's an equalizer right off the bat. Yes, which is interesting. And I, I have to say, there's a, kind of a long, drawn-out sequence of people waiting for this to open and stuff and figuring out where it is. But Danny and, Danny and Oswald are the last to, to get the clue. And everyone kind of just... Are, are they last? No. No. Um, no, they weren't, but they, they arrived at the place last. Yes. But everyone thought, oh, look at them walking in here so suave, so confident. And they played it off, but in reality, they were not. Like, that kind of became their thing this whole this whole um, it was episode. Thing. It was, they were just, you know, all the other teams thought they had it together and they knew what they were doing. And they were even more clueless than the rest, but they really, they really got to them without doing anything. Like, all the other teams were like, yeah. where are they? Where are they? And they weren't doing or saying anything, but they were just getting under people's skin. Because yeah, they were so relaxed the entire time and unfazed that it, it worked. It's I mean, it's a great intimidation technique. It really is. When everybody else is freaking out and panics, to just be absolutely calm and portray to the other teams that you have everything under control, even if you don't really. I mean, it, it worked for them. It, I think that would be you and me. I would hope so. <laughs> so that's, I, I had to add that, but I want to jump back a little bit to when the teams are all arriving to where they need to be. And Chris and Alex and G- Dave and Gary get there at the same time. And <laughs> I just thought that Andrew would really feel emotionally what Chris and Alex said here, because <laughs> they're walking with Gary and Dave. And in a cutaway interview, Chris and Alex say something along the lines of, Gary just talks and talks. And when he doesn't have yeah. anything to say, he just keeps talking. <laughs> yeah, even when there's nothing to say, he keeps talking. Well, did he, did he lie? <laughs> did he lie? I knew you would appreciate that one. Yes. So going back even further, like everybody was going to the bus to go to this place. And Oswald and Danny decide to go searching for a hotel, which is their signature move, um, where they always go to like these external places to ask for directions, like away from all the other teams. Their strategy just seems to be avoid all the other teams at all costs. And it pays off. Also, <laughs> Somehow. The, the hotel thing, though, because it happens a couple times for them over the course of this. And it's, it is smart because a lot of the times at the hotel, there is someone who speaks English really mm-hmm. well. That Yeah, that is the thing. And then also here, we have um, a little bit of a debacle between Tara and Will over the fast forward. So Tara and Will, they decide that they're going to go ahead and do the fast forward. So they have to go to the Polin Monastery and search for a large structure of Buddha. And the thing is, is that Tara told Chris and Alex that they were going to the fast forward so that Chris and Alex wouldn't take it. And this causes a lot of conflict between Tara and Will because Will thinks that Chris and Alex were undermining them and and had gone for it anyway. So they're kind of bickering the whole way and... Tara and Will, they go to the place to take the ferry to the fast forward, but then once they get to the ferry terminal, Will kind of gets cold feet, and then they decide to turn back around. Which is an interesting decision. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this would have been a good time for them to take the fast forward, or like even like attempt to go for it, because there is the equalizer point anyway at 8 a.m., um, so they still they have like a little bit of a safety net there. But I don't think that this this was just kind of absurd. Yeah, really, I don't have a comment on that because it's you're already <laughs> there. Why t- it's? Ugh. It was just Will. Will just got 
cold feet and did not trust Chris and Alex, who it's like, are they, they're still in alliance in an alliance, I guess. I, I don't really know. Some of them say they <laughs> like, I don't think I don't think Will believes they're an alliance, but it, Tara yeah. definitely does. Well, Tara's Tara's besties with Chris and Alex, so she is. Yeah. Anyway. Also, I want to note a couple other things that happened here. So Will and Tara, they nearly miss the bus that Gary and Dave are on. And there's just a scene of Dave, he just sits there, and it's like Will and Tara, they're like chasing after the bus, and Dave is just sitting there and he burps. <laughs> He's just sitting there burping. It's just so funny. And then also, Chris and Alex get on the bus that Dave, Dave and Gary are on, and Chris and Alex are asking locals to tell them where, when to get off. And then Gary's sitting there, with reading a newspaper with his feet up and he scoffs and he just goes like, ugh, he's so irritating. <laughs> and it's like, I hate to say this, but I like actually kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> like that was kind of funny. <laughs> I have to say, even personality characters aside of kind of the, the teams this season, the editors knew how to, to give us more value. Yeah, for sure. And this, this was, that was very apparent this episode with a lot of the, the editing choices they made. Exactly. Um, I really, really liked it. Yes. Should we move on to the actual, <laughs> till they actually get their clues at 8 a.m.? Yes. So, yeah, so the thing is, like you mentioned, um, everybody was everybody was kind of there waiting for a while. And then Oswald and Danny just kind of materialized last minute and acting all nonchalant and get to their clues at Repulse Bay. And then from there, they're instructed to go to Murray House. And then from here... When they get there, it's it's a detour, and everybody gets there pretty much around the same time. Not many much issues, except for Blake and Paige, who have a taxi driver who doesn't speak English, and this causes them to fall behind a little bit. They go the exact opposite direction of Murray House, while all the other teams get there, and are met, like you said, met with their detour. So let's just let's describe the detour first, and then we'll catch up with Blake and Paige. So the detour is between dragon or lion. So for a dragon, you have to paddle a dragon boat along um, a course, which is 600 meters long. But the thing is, the boat is like very large. It's a dragon boat. It's meant for, meant for 12 people. But there's only the two of you on your team who are going to be rowing this. I was about to clarify that it's a course in the water, but I realized that was implied with boat. So. With a boat. Well, it could have been a boat on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Don't those exist? <laughs> and then... Lion. Yeah, and then for lion... I don't know, like I don't know how to exactly describe this, but they're carrying like one of those traditional Chinese the dragon lion things, co- the lion costumes. I thought, yeah, like one of those costumes where it's like all in a line, and then it's all these people like running around with these like parts of the body on them. So they have to do that and run and go through a course that's not in the water, but is much longer and more confusing. Honestly, I was very impressed with it and i feel like even though it still had that element of one's easier one's harder blah 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 it was evenly weighted actually and it, they were both really interesting tasks like mm-hmm. i want i almost feel like this is the first time where i'm looking at a task from which is more fun to do rather than which would you'd get done quicker like what what would what, what would you want to do here so i would choose the lion one because i'm not very confident in my rowing skills and i think i would be afraid that we would just be like stagnant or like row diagonally you know or not be able to like really get it going correctly um Hmm. i would say much more comfortable on land than water and like the whole boat ordeal is just not not it for me so i would i would lean towards the lion one see i think i mean i've paddled a canoe or two in my time 
So I feel confident with the dragon boat thing. However, I, th- I guess we forgot to mention the dragon boats are meant for 12 people and there's only mm-hmm. two of you. So that's kind of the downside. That being said, I do like that kind of rowing, but I probably would go with the lion task anyway. Okay, yes. And everybody who's there, they who's there at that time, so everybody but Blake and Paige, they all do the boat one except for Oswald and Danny who state that their strategy is to do the opposite detour as everybody else. Yes. Which is... A very intriguing strategy because <laughs> you run the risk of like doing the, the detour that's obviously much harder or like not as quick. Yeah. And you risk you risk isolating yourself from all the other teams, which I mean seems to be their strategy anyway, with staying away from the pack as much as possible and just doing your own thing. Yeah, um, but it pays off for them. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the thing. It's like, well, it might might not have been like the most logical decision, but it paid off for them. That's that's their thing. This episode, it really is. But yes, yeah, so as you mentioned, all the teams there finish pretty quickly. Um, and are they instructed to go to Hong Kong or to um? Uh, yeah, Sydney from there. Yes, they get an envelope. And sorry, I want to mention um, also with this detour is that these options are more so tasks than just like going somewhere. Yes. Or just, like, doing a simple thing. It's like, these tasks actually require some level of skill. Yes, and that's what I appreciated. Yes, and especially when we get up to this roadblock, which also requires skill, um, I think we're we're kind of hitting our stride here with these tasks are getting a lot better. I was feeling that here. I really was. And we'll see more of that in kind of the next rest of the episode and the following leg. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so as we mentioned, the teams who complete the detour are instructed to go to Sydney, to the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. And I have to mention that last season when I we said, were yeah, sent let's to- whip out the opera singing challenge. Let's I, go, I Phil. actually kind of thought about, hmm, it is, if, if <laughs> our fellow devoted listeners will know <laughs> that last season when we were sent a question asking what task we would create, Andrew said, <laughs> let's go to the Sydney Opera House and let's have regular citizens sing opera. Which is not what happens, but nevertheless, no. it's, or I guess it's an ode to Andrew's podcast episode mention. Yes. Task. But be- before we get to yes. the actual task, we have to talk about the main event, the main course of this episode, which is getting to Sydney and Oswald and Danny taking the more unconventional route. Yes. However, I think we need to provide an update on Blake and Paige quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Blake and Paige go way out of their way. The taxi driver does not know where Murray House is and takes them in quite literally the opposite direction. And eventually, I think they get on his cell phone with the tourist bureau or whatever. And the tourist bureau is able to communicate to the taxi driver where they need to go. But it does put them behind quite a bit. Yeah, which I like this move from Blake and Paige because I think a lot of people would just get out of the taxi and get a new one. But they asked for his phone. I don't know how they they got him to so willingly give them his phone. It's a different time. Though. I mean, you see that so... I, I don't want to say so often here, but it it happens a couple times in a couple episodes here. But it's because phones are not like phones now. Phone yeah. was literally a phone that there was not... You couldn't get someone's personal information off their phone. It was a phone. So why not yeah, let someone use it? And, and they're I mean, in your taxi already, so... I mean, for all the all the taxi driver knows, they could be making an international call and charging him a lot of money. That's true. Who knows? But anyway, they do that, and then they, yeah, they get the person at the tourist desk to um, guide the taxi driver to 
Murray House. And then from there, they do the dragon task, and then they get on their way they to the They do the, the lion task, don't they? Yeah, no, not the dragon. I meant lion, yeah. Okay. They did lion. And now, so we've established that, but let's get back to what you were saying about booking flights to Sydney, Australia. Okay, so while everybody else is headed to the airport and going to do the classic Amazing Race scramble at the airport, first things first, Oswald and Danny, they just see somebody watering plants outside of their house and then ask to go inside to make a phone call. <laughs> so he- here we are. I, s- I just wrote down here that they're, they will do anything to not do what the other teams are doing. And honestly, it's kind of a breath of fresh air because I think this season especially, there's so much animosity and like negativity throughout the teams it's like always very intense and stressful this is kind of nice to see them contrasting that all the other teams go classic amazing race and they run into the airport and they're slamming fists on desks but danny and oswald after they make this call yeah so they're they're unable to um book a flight from from this phone call and they get put on standby and from there they say okay let's go to a five-star hotel and get the people at the hotel to recommend us to a travel agency and then from there, we can get the travel agency to book us a flight to Sydney. And I'm sitting here thinking, how are they allowed to, 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 to charge this to the Amazing Race account? This seems like a lot more money. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, that's what I was wondering. How are they affording this? Because they go to this hotel and they get recommended to an agency. And then they're sitting in this, what seems like a very nice boardroom with a travel agent. <laughs> yeah. Like very, very, you know, five star. And she says, okay, it'll take me about an hour to re- arrange your flights. And they say, well, let's go shopping. <laughs> yeah, they're going to take this time. They're going to go to Starbucks. They're going to get mocha frappuccinos. They're going to have a great time in Hong Kong. Can I just say, though, if that was me, like if I was waiting for a travel agent to book my flight on The Amazing Race, and I said, I'm going to chill, and I'm going to go to Starbucks and Gucci, and then I got booted, <laughs> I would never forgive myself. I know, but that's the thing. I feel like they didn't care. But it's the fact that they were able to actually enjoy themselves and, like, not be stressed about just doing nothing, dilly-dallying for an hour. I know. They buy cologne at Gucci or something. And and they there's a quote here where one of them says, I feel like a real person again. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, it was a great morale boost for them. It was might have been great for the long run. Yeah, um... Definitely an interesting choice, though, and we'll we'll talk about how it it actually pays off in the end because they go back after their hour to the hotel. Well, hold on, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I just want to mention that there's the, the great, this great like fun music playing in the back um, while this this whole shopping scene is happening, and they're just absolutely elated to be doing this. They're having the time of their lives, and we've talked about editing. The editors are kind of going back and forth between their luxury and relaxation and having the time of their lives shopping to the airport chaos. So it's a really great contrast there that they, they did. But sorry, continue. Yeah, no. Cause like we said, they finish their little shopping and they go back to the five-star hotel and the woman has booked them a flight via Singapore. So yeah. they go to Singapore, then to Sydney and also they get a Mercedes cab, like black, <laughs> or not even a cab, a black car to take them from the hotel to the airport. And ultimately they get to Sydney first. I believe they describe it as today was like a luxury or like today we were, was relaxing and luxurious. And then tomorrow it's back like into the game. Yeah, which I don't know how they're affording to go to a travel agency 
and I know. be Ugh. escorted to the airport in a black Mercedes. I know. Like, surely, surely the yeah. the Amazing Race staff, maybe after this, sat the teams down and said, you can't go book five-star luxury travel plans. But, I mean, it was probably from the money that they were given. Maybe. Right? Like, it, would, it they didn't use their the money from like that was that's used for booking flights maybe i guess they just had an excess of money they've been really frugal maybe they bought their bag of chips in thailand or whatever that was (laughs) you know Um. what's funny is i did you know we were on that call and i said i was gonna order lays i bought the family size thing of lays and now anytime i pick them up i think of the amazing race (laughs) there we go it was great sponsorship for them (laughs) we're not being paid andrew Uh, anyway, but so that's Danny and Oswald. Spoiler alert, they get to Australia first. But let's jump back to the other four teams. Yes. And the other four teams, mind you, are at the airport before Oswald and Danny. They leave before Oswald and Danny even get to the airport. Yes, and there is some airport drama here. <laughs> some good quotes, some fun lines, some wonders. Yeah. Well, we have, we have a Gary moment here that I want to bring up. I know what it's going to be. Where... Where Tara and Will are booking a flight first. And then once they finish, Gary says to the employees at the Hong Kong airport that we needed the same flight that these two deceitful and untrustworthy people booked. And the employees are just standing there. It's like, this this is the kind of thing that kills me because you would never say this. I don't, you would never say this in real life. Like, this is purely for the cameras. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Is it? Like, that's, that's, I'm intrigued by this guy. Would he say this if the cameras weren't there? Because then, is he the one that goes on to say a couple minutes later, you ever think outside the box? (laughs) Yeah, he does say that. It's like, what? (laughs) And the employees are just standing there like, what did you just say to me? I feel like it is just, it's just for the cameras. I don't know, but I think that's what I love is I don't know. And then Blake has some strong words (laughs) about uh, Gary and Dave. He says, quote, Gary and David, which first of all, it's, he uses his full Dave's full name, David, which is incriminating to begin with. And then he continues his quote by saying that they are the ugliest Americans and have destroyed any positive feelings people have about American travelers. That's very harsh. It's very harsh. That is very blunt. Um, so that's the airport, so, unless you had anything else. No, I'll just I'll cap that with, so all those four teams are on the same flight, um, but they're going through Bangkok then to sydney instead of singapore like danny and oswald and they like we said danny and oswald get to sydney first i don't think it's a massive gap in time no um it was uh, oswald and danny arrived at 6 25 a.m and everybody else was at 7 a.m but i was so shocked to begin with that they arrived in first i thought they were out of the race yeah i i well that's i was thinking either this travel agency thing is gonna screw it screw them over or it's gonna put them ahead and they did well (laughs) they did well and so now we're now we're in Australia, and I have to say I loved this roadblock. It was a very, it felt like a more modern task. Mm-hmm. It, there was, you know, lots of specificity to it. There was a good amount of cultural interaction and kind of puzzle work. I loved it. Yeah, I really liked it too. And the thing is, it was it had an aspect of challenge to it. Yes, and it had competitiveness, and it allowed for people to pass each other, and it, there were opportunities for mistakes to be made. Yes, which is what I like. Yeah, so the roadblock, they start at the Sydney Opera House. Obviously, it's a roadblock. One person has to do it. And they it's about using Aussie slang. So they open a clue, and it tells them to go to a specific place to look for someone. But the person that 
they're supposed to look for. It's written in the clue in Aussie slang, so they have to ask locals, what does this mean? What's this translate to? But the, the catch is that after you get that one clue, you can't just go back to the opera house, back to your partner. You have to continue following the clues until you're told, go back to your partner and go mm-hmm. to the pit stop. And this is, read your clues, people. Read your yeah. clues, read them all, because this trips up a couple teams. It really does trip up a couple teams. But basically, this was like a scavenger hunt as a roadblock, essentially. Or it was like a mini Amazing Race within the Amazing Race for one person, you know? Yeah, but I loved it. It was It great. looked like a lot of fun. I said I wanted to do this. Me too. Like, this looked... This was, to me, hands down, the best roadblock of the series so far. I think so. We're crowning it. Victory number one. Yes. So Danny and Oswald start, and they are not one of the teams that gets tripped up. They re- the who's Whoever's doing it realizes that he has to complete all of these clues before he can go back. And he does it fairly well. The first clue is something like, go look for the, the surfy in the... It was Larry. Larry Dax. Something like that. It's so- L... A-I-R-Y-D-A-K-S, which basically means colorful trousers, colorful pants. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't realize there was so much Australian slang. Like, I didn't realize that these words, these these things existed. (laughs) Because when I first started this task, I was like, oh, that's, that that seems like pretty easy. I feel like, like, I know what a Barbie is. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like it's going to be, be easy. Yes, they would use Barbie. I didn't, I didn't know any of these. No, they were. Any of these slangs. So that was the first one. The second one was a a toe biter. What was it? A it was a it was a, a true blue ankle biter. Ankle biter, which was literally, <laughs> it was this kid on a tricycle, <laughs> and every time they cut to this kid, he was just doing like circles around a fountain. Must have been doing that for hours. And but here's the thing: imagine you're a bystander and you're just walking <laughs> through the park and you see some American run up to a kid and say, "You have something for me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And then speaking of somebody um, having to do s- just to stay there for hours, the next hint was a Sheila and Aussie cozy co- or cozy. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Sheila is woman and then an Aussie cozy. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, a, it's basically a woman in a bathing suit and she's laying on a towel and tanning. But meanwhile, it's, it's like miserable weather outside and it's, it's raining and it's super cloudy. It's probably cold. Yeah. She, she really... Um... <laughs> Really had to stick it out through that one. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Just having to lay there for hours in her bikini in the rain. Yeah, but nevertheless, Oswald and Danny, or whoever's doing it from that team, flies through this task. Chris mm-hmm. and Alex, Tara and, Tara and Will, and um, who's there with them as well? Gary and Dave. Gary and Dave, All yeah. get there. And now this is where we see some of those discrepancies and mistakes being made. No, sorry, Blake and Paige get there around the same time too. I think I think actually Blake and Paige and Tara and Will, I think they actually get their last. Right. They're slightly behind Chris and Alex and Gary and Dave. Sorry, yes. my bad. Yeah, sorry. Will and Tara and Blake and Paige, they arrive like a little bit later than everybody else. And from those teams, Will decides he's going to do the roadblock and Blake decides he's going to do the roadblock. So they go, they complete the first one, which is the... Um, the Larry Dax. Guy. Yeah. And then they, they go immediately back to their partners, and then they think they've completed the blo- the roadblock. So they continue, and then the other uh, halves of the teams who roadblock partners haven't come back yet, they're appalled, saying, well, how did they do that so quickly? Yeah, so basically those two teams didn't realize that the one team member was supposed to complete all these stops 
on their own. They didn't realize that these were all roadblock clues and not just mm-hmm. regular clues. And the reason they catch on to this is because at the very end, the last clue says, go back and meet your partner and go to the pit stop. So they then realize that they've done it wrong and have to restart and run the whole leg again. Yeah, which I will say, it was it was very satisfying to see Tara and Will, Will especially, when he when he realized that he had made a mistake and they had to redo the whole thing. That was very satisfying to me. <laughs> I laughed though because uh, we should mention at this point, Gary and Dave, Chris and Alex complete it successfully, um, and they are second and third at the at the pit stop, and you've had these two teams battling it out. And the, so the two guys go and restart the whole roadblock and the girls just sit on the steps of the Sydney Opera House and kind of just start complaining about the yeah, guys. About like Tara's like, she's are. like, this is the one time I've let Will do a task and he messes it up and he doesn't yeah. read the clues. And Paige is like, yeah, Blake's the same, blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> just yeah. a little mini therapy session. Yeah. And I want to go back slightly of when Blake and Will, when they returned from the roadblock first and the other teams were, were shocked about it. There's a quote, I don't, I don't remember who said it, um, but somebody said, how did Blake find something first? He's an idiot. <laughs> it's like, there really is no love between these teams. They're out to kill here. It's ruthless. <laughs> they really are. So Oswald and Danny, they arrived at the pit stop first. Yes. And they... Win a vacation. All of a sudden, win a vacation. A seven-night Caribbean cruise. I which know. Which was crazy. Where did that come from? Yeah. And also, we have what I would say the best, most enthusiastic and excited greeter at the mat representing the nation of Australia. The Sydney his, town crier. Was that what he was, that what he was called? A town crier. Yeah. <laughs> A town crier. Yeah. With his big, like, welcome to Sydney. That he just screams. Yeah. Except I don't have an Australian accent and I'm not going to attempt. Just look up a town crier and you will get the gist. If you don't already know what it you is. Know what? No, don't do that. Head over to Amazing Grace Rewind Instagram page. It'll be posted on there. <laughs> and give us a follow while you're at it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> smooth plug, smooth plug. And not only did Oswald and Danny win, but they definitely had the best time by far of anyone in this leg. Like, they, they were did. living their best lives. I don't know how they were able to pull this off. It was very entertaining that they were able to pull it, pull it off. It was revolutionary in a sense, but <laughs> I think they got very lucky. Yeah, no, they, like I said, it was a make or break, their decision, and lucky for them, it, it, it made. It didn't break. It did, it did make, and I don't think that there's any way that this will continue to work. No. If they keep on doing this, like, I, there's, there's no way. You can't rely on it. You cannot rely on it. So then, yes, like you said, Chris and Alex complete the roadblock, and so do Gary and Dave, and they come in second and third, respectively. And then there's there's a good, well-edited, intense moment after the two teams redo the roadblock and are running, because there's some mix up Some of their taxi drivers bring them to the wrong museum, so you don't know who's where, you don't know who's going to get to the... The pit stop we should add is on the roof of the Museum of Contemporary Art, mm-hmm. and you don't know who's going to get there, and there's just a stagnant shot of the door to the roof, and it's empty, and you're thinking, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And mm-hmm. fourth? Which is, I think that's the first time that they've done that. I know, which is so classic. It's a staple. I know. Yeah, nowadays it's a staple. And it's it really builds up the anticipation of, like, who's it going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is Tara and Will in fourth, and Blake and Paige in fifth. Yes. Now, I want to mention the music when Tara and Will 
come out. So, like, it's very suspenseful. We're, sh- like, showing the door. Who's it going to be? And then Taryn will come out. And the music, you can tell, like, th- they don't want us to be happy about this because the music is, like, very haunting. It's, like, it's foreboding. It's, like, <laughs> evil music almost <laughs> upon their, like, their arrival to the mat. So, obviously, we're supposed to be rooting for Blake and Paige, which I think most people were. Yes, but this is crazy. Blake and Paige get there. It's a non-elimination round. But mm-hmm. not only that, Phil in the voiceover tells us it's the second of four. <laughs> How can there be four? How can there be two left? There is five teams left. That's this is crazy. Killed me. <laughs> I said, why? Like, I, I we need to. I need to sit down with the producers, Bertram Van Munster, <laughs> Elise Dog. I don't know how to say your last name, Elise Doggy and Ari. We need to know what the rationale behind this decision was because I don't see any benefits. We're dragging this out way too long. Andrew is gonna call them up and say, "Hey, season two, episode eight. What was that? What yeah, was well, that?" I mean, they did this season one, too, pretty much. I know. I, I think that, I don't know if they had four or non-eliminations. Maybe it was three. It was three, but they held them all out to, like, the last six teams. Yeah. Ugh. And then also, I want to mention that Tara, she has a great confessional here. And by the way, the confessionals this episode were also great. They were, they, like, put them right in front of the Sydney Opera House. So, like, the, the, the Opera House was in the back and it was very scenic. But... She has a confessional where Tara does. She has a confessional where she says that if she did the roadblock and made the same mistake that Will did, that she would be dangling from the bridge over there. And to that I said, well, yes, you, you would be. <laughs> she would have been stoned in the town square by Will. Yeah, no, it's... Again, read your clues. It's rule number one of The Amazing Race. You read every word before you do anything else. Yeah, but that is, that is so true because Tara would have been boiled alive. She would have. <laughs> if, if she did that. And then also, when Blake and Paige, when they're arriving, Blake says, referring to Phil, there he is, the grim frickin' reaper. And <laughs> Phil is, is catching strays all over the place here because the gutsy grannies called him Dr. Doom in episode two, and now this. Not a lot of love for Phil here in, in season two. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... I think that's, that's kind of what was... Not even what was avoided in season... It's almost... It's funny that it's worse in season two. Because in season one, he was only ever there. Yeah, When it was true. not like when it was an elimination. And now it's... It might not be. But he still just... Yeah, gets the names... Gets called names. Yeah. And you know, I was very happy for Blake and Paige... Blake and Paige that they were... Me too. Um, ...saved here by this non-elimination. I think they deserved to stay in the race. Because I really think... They, they just... They were very unlucky. And I think they resolved the conflict very well. Or the... Not conflict, but their... Um, issues. issues. Misfortunes. Yeah, their misfortunes. They handled it very well, I thought. I do, too. And then also at the mat, <laughs> Blake says the most, like, head-scratching Texas thing ever. That made, that made me go, like, oh. Where he, he says, <laughs> quote, oh. He says, my sister is the greatest woman in the world. If I could find a girl like her tomorrow, I would get married. <laughs> She's so fun, so smart, and so supportive. She's everything to me. I love her so much. It's just like, I understand what he's trying to say, but it sounds so bad to say, like, if I found someone just like her, I would marry her tomorrow. I mean, I don't have siblings, like full siblings, <laughs> so I don't think I can comment on that, but... Yeah. It, it sounds like he wants to marry his sister. <laughs> no, Andrew, I, I understood that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's a statement. <laughs> yeah, it was It was definitely like, oh, yeah, maybe not. 
but he said it, and now here we are talking about it. 20 years uh, later. <laughs> 22 yeah. years later. Oh, my goodness. 22 years later, yeah. So overall, that concludes this episode. It was very, very fun. Um, Oswald and Danny, highlight. They were great this episode. Their whole shopping sequence, their cool common collectedness. I mean, if I were the other teams, I would be so intimidated by them. And they would frustrate me so much of just how together they seemed to be. That would be you and me, I think. Like, that has to be you and me when we're That on has race. to be the goal. We just have to seem like we're so cool, calm, and collected on the outside. But, like, when we're in our car driving or whatever, that's when we freak out. <laughs> Not, like, it, it, to, to, like, showing it to the other teams. <laughs> like, the other teams will watch us and think, oh, my God, we hate them. And then they'll watch the footage of the episode, and it's going to be you and me in the car screaming and crying. <laughs> yeah. We just got to bottle it all up. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do. But yeah, and back- also, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Worst race reward here, I'm giving to Will. <laughs> he did a horrible job this episode between the whole fast forward thing at the beginning and then the roadblock. The more Tara says, like, Will does nothing, and the more I pay attention to it, the more I'm like, <laughs> she's not wrong. She's really not wrong. Like, they. Like, he doesn't do the tasks. It's, it was, it was so, it was so bad. Yeah. All around. Poor performance. And although this episode 8 continues, we're going to end the episode here. If you have any other final thoughts. I don't. I mean, I, I won't lie. We, I think we both watched these back to back. So I can say for sure that we are in for an interesting treat next week. <laughs> yes. If you thought this week was good, just wait till next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to recording the next episode. Yeah. Part 2 of episode 8, leg 9. <laughs> yep. And that, and then, oh, yes, never mind. It's, I was too early. I was going to plug our next guest, but it's a bit too early. Oh, it is too early. Yeah. Yeah. But you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Amazing Race Rewind. Send us an email at AmazingRaceRewind at gmail.com. We're on YouTube now. Go follow us on YouTube if that's your preferred podcast preference for yeah. previewing. I really um, tried some alliteration there. Oh, well, it worked. Thank you. And. Give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next week with part two, like nine, season two, episode eight. That was the weirdest order to put them in. <laughs> well, that's what we're going with. So All right. See you next week. Good.